Welcome back to Behind the Spacebar, episode 12, Real Musicians Don't Use Tracks. Hey everybody, this is Will Doggett. Behind the Spacebar is a podcast for folks that are playback techs, musicians, music directors, worship leaders, really anyone using Ableton Live on stage in a live performance environment. Now, today's going to be a really fun episode. Uh, I want to address two different audiences that I think are listening to this. One, probably the primary audience, the people I just named are folks that are bought into the idea of using tracks. You're already there, you're using tracks, you've used tracks, or you want to use tracks. Like You know that this is what you should be doing. The second audience, which I think is probably in the minority of folks listening to this, but I think it's possible, is folks that are trying to figure out if they should use tracks, is it worth it, uh, trying to figure out if they should use click. Or or maybe you're even someone who is very resistant to the idea, you're very, uh, you don't want to do it, uh, almost to the point of being militant about it. You think it's wrong. You think it's faking. You think it's destroying modern music as we currently know it. Um, and you Googled, you know, ammunition to, to share with your band leader, to share with uh, your your fellow band members that want to use click and you're looking for a reason why not to. I want to address both of you up, up front really quickly. The next 20, 25 minutes or so is kind of going to be a giant counseling session because I want to break down that statement. Um, I want to promise one thing to those of you that are on the fence about using clicks and tracks. This episode is not meant to demean you. It's not meant to say you're stupid for saying real musicians don't use tracks or it's not meant to say I'm not even going to try to convince you you should use tracks. Let me go so far as to say that. Um, uh, and for those of you that are using tracks already, um, you're bought in, you're, you're, you're sold on the idea. I get it. I want you to still stick around and listen because there's going to be some of the folks that are in your band that are not sold on the idea. Um, you're going to move transition to a new band where they're not playing with click. You're going to want to bring that in as a drummer uh, and they're going to be pushed back in hesitancy towards that. And this is an argument you're probably going to hear. The goal of this, I think on both sides is for us to hopefully um, learn to be empathetic towards the other view of this, right? This is what we need more of in the world. But Again, my goal is not to demean you, and my goal is actually not to convince you you should use tracks in this episode, okay? Which is maybe a wild thing for Ableton Live certified trainer and someone who owns a company that teaches people how to use tracks on stage. It's maybe a weird goal, weird thing to start with. Um, but I want to break down this statement uh, quite a bit uh, up front here, uh, just for a few moments, because I've heard it in a lot of different forms. You know, typically it's the real musicians don't use tracks. Um, recently, I did a video. Uh, not recently. I mean, this was years ago. I did a video with my buddy Jonathan and we broke down his particular tracks rig and setup that he was using with the band he works with. Um, but recently, that's where the recent came in. Uh, someone left a comment on that video and I believe I left it up. I don't think I deleted it because um, I don't think there's a need to delete that. But someone um, left a comment that said, man, I remember when people uh, used to play their instruments live on stage. Like, uh, and, and essentially the heart of that is um, I remember when people used to just step on stage and play, play music, you know, um, I I've heard this in different forms or fashions. I remember early on, um, gosh, I don't know how long ago this would have been, uh, maybe 2000, 2009, 2008, 2009, graduating college, uh, working at a small church. And, um, I remember we had a, a drummer come in to audition. And, uh, when I showed up to that church, the, the band I was in in college, uh, and most every band since 2004 that I played with had, had played with click. We were used to that. We were using engineers. We were used to playing with click. I showed up to this, this smaller church and they were trying to transition to using click. And so this drummer came into audition and I remember he started the song off and, uh, the song that he started, I mean, he started at probably 20 BPM too fast. And so my buddy Harrison, um, stopped the drummer and he said, Hey, uh, actually you just need to slow it down a little bit. And actually we're starting to play with click. So I'm going to just start the click here. 
you know, whatever it was, 80 BPM so we can follow. And he goes, no, he said, I don't play with click. And Harrison was kind of caught off guard. And I was sitting uh, a couple seats away. I wasn't auditioning. I wasn't in the band uh, and I wasn't leading that particular band. I was just kind of observing his audition. And, uh, and the guy said, yeah, I, I don't play, play with click. And he used this, this phrase. And this was maybe the first time I heard this phrase used was he said, yeah, real musicians, real drummers don't use click. Um, and what was funny is in the, the list of drummers and bands that he listed off is what he would consider real musicians, real drummers that don't use click. Uh, I knew a few of those people personally, and I knew that they used click, they played with click live and they played with tracks live. Um, and so this drummer was very hesitant to it. And, uh, needless to say, he didn't make the band and, and he, he didn't make the band, not because he couldn't play with click. Uh, although if that was a requirement of the band, he wouldn't have made it. Uh, but he didn't make the band because he didn't have the skill set. He he didn't have the um, the humility to say um, or to understand or the wisdom understanding that he was resistant to click because he just couldn't play in time. Because when we asked him to slow it down and keep it consistent, he sped up and slowed down. And part of his argument at that time was that you know the band should follow the drummer and the drummer leads things. And it's like, okay, I guess in a way I can understand that. But that's something that like the band leader or the bass player or keys players should say not the person not the drummer should say that because the drummer is saying that because they can't play with the click and again my goal in all this is not to try to demean you if you think we shouldn't use tracks or whatever um but I, again i've heard this statement a, a few different ways real musicians don't use tracks um uh you know you're cheating you're faking it if you're if you're using click and tracks on stage and, and then again like that that guy who commented recently on that video that said you know i remember back when people used to actually play instruments so, um, again, thinking about this from two different audiences, um, you're coming into this conversation. You saw the episode title of this episode. You're coming into this with a bit of a, a bias on your own. I want us to try to as best as we can. My, my buddy, Doug, used to always talk about when you're playing in a band, it's, it's almost like this out of body experience you should have. And Doug's a drummer and he was teaching this primarily to drummers, but it should be this experience where you almost have an out-of-body experience where you, you see yourself playing with the band and you're focused on what the, the overall experience is, the overall sound is, as opposed to being honed in and focused on you as a drummer and making you sound as good. Like That's not your goal in a band. The goal in any band is to play your individual part, your individual piece to make the whole thing sound really well. That's what I'm kind of hoping and praying you get out of this episode no matter which of those camps you're in, we can kind of do this out of body experience where we hopefully maybe understand the other person's experience a bit. Right. So I, I want to start here. Um, I think it's worth a, a basic understanding of what click and tracks are and, uh, and, and what using them on stage means and implies, because I think in fairness to some people that are in the camp of not wanting to use click and tracks, comes from a lack of understanding, a lack of understanding what that actually means. And they may have actually been in context where uh, we'll talk about this in a second, where using click and tracks on stage is faking it. That's not a fun place to be. Like, I understand if your previous situation with using tracks was like, hey, stand on stage and actually this guitar solo, instead of you playing it, it's going to be in the tracks. Well, it's like, yeah, that's faking it. And I can understand having resistance to that as being a musician and someone who wants to play. Um, I, I get that. But so let's kind of clarify what we're talking about. 
up, uh, up at the top. Using a click on stage is not faking it. Uh, using a click on stage is a way to bring some consistency to your band, to bring consistency to tempo. It's a way to improve the experience for everyone in the audience listening. Um, using a click on stage opens up the possibility for you to use tracks on stage. And we'll talk about that in a second. It opens up the possibility for you to automate production elements. So as a small four piece band, you could walk into a club, walk into a venue and um, have the, the fullness of sound as a six or seven piece band. Um, but you're only four people. You could have the production quality and level of someone playing at the stadium, you know, uh, a couple streets away, but you're in a small 500 cap like room, right? Um, that's the, the ability that, that click gives you, uh, by playing with click. And let's talk about tracks again. Some people's perception of tracks is, is, is shaped by Millie Vanilli. It's shaped by Ashley Simpson on SNL. And they think using tracks on stage means someone presses play and you just kind of fake or parrot or lip sync and, you know, kind of play your guitar thing and then we end and we walk off stage and that's it. That's, that's a scenario. I mean, that happens. Let's, let's be honest with ourselves. Maybe you're listening to this and you're in a band currently right now that's doing that. Uh, maybe you've done that before with your band. I've, I've heard from friends that um, went and did a TV show date, like the Today Show or something. And it's such a small amount of time that the uh, they just rolled in and they just said, hey, the playback text just going to play tracks and you just kind of fake it. Um, Again, I don't want to assign a value to that or judgment as to whether that's good or bad. I will say personally, I don't have interest in playing in a band like that. Um, we could say that that's faking it. And I mean, let's be honest, you are faking it. If you're playing tracks and you're just standing on stage pretending you're playing, you you are faking it. Again, I don't want to necessarily assign a, a judgment to that because in a lot of those scenarios, the, the music and the musician is only one very small piece of the entire puzzle. In those scenarios, it's more about a show. It's more about an experience for uh, the audience that's showing up. Um, you know, a lot of times you'll see like an act that's really just a singer and then everything else is kind of tracked and maybe they have a drummer or guitar player playing along or whatever. Um, in a scenario like that and you're faking it, great, that's fine. But if, if, again, if you're in the second camp where you're unsure about this, you're hesitant to that, I want to let you know that most scenarios using click and tracks, people are not faking it. So to my buddy, well, he's not necessarily my buddy, but we could be buddies that commented on that video that said, I remember the good old days when people used to actually play their instruments live on stage. Um, I think you're probably being sarcastic. Like I want to give you the benefit of the doubt. You're probably being sarcastic there. It's like a boom roasted, you know, we're all going to go weep and cry and stop using tracks now. But there's a possibility that you just haven't done it. So you don't understand it. And uh, I see that so often. We see that so often in the world that we like, we, we want to uh, resist. We want to squash. We want to keep down the things we don't understand. Uh, and if we just took a few moments to be empathetic and actually understand someone else's worldview, we'd go, oh, okay, I get it. I understand why. So I do think it's worth stating up front. And those of you in the other camp that are using click and tracks, you're like, well, duh, well. But again, I want to I think like, Maybe you think using clicks and tracks is faking because that's what you've seen. Maybe you've experienced that before. I want to let you know that's not always the case. Often, again, using click keeps the band together. It's a better experience for the drummer. Listen to, and I'll link, I'm going to make a note uh, to link to our click track episode uh, where I kind of walk through um, uh, how to convince your band to, to use a click no matter what context you're in. Um, uh, that's, that's a very useful tool, a great way to improve the sound of your band. Uh, but when we talk about using tracks, that can come in all various forms, fashions. It could be uh, you don't have a bass player, and so everyone in the band is playing to click, and the bass is in the tracks, right? And again, you could say that's faking it, 
that's very possible, but you don't understand the situation as to why there's no bass player. Maybe they can't afford to find a bass player. Maybe the bass player's out sick. Whatever it is, that's their situation. Maybe it's a full band, bass, drums, guitar. There's no keys, and they put pads. They put uh, piano stuff in in the keys part. Uh, they add some tambourine to to add some percussion elements. They add some like drum loop percussion things, uh, and then they add some string stuff to kind of elevate the sound. They add some sound effect things like uh, sub basses, like uh, drum hits that that kind of enhance what's happening. In that moment, it's important to understand. Again, you could say that's faking it, and that's fine. We'll we'll get to that in a second. You could you could say you you believe that's wrong because there's something that we're hearing that's not on stage. Um, you'd be surprised at the amount of bands that you see on TV or go visit uh, that almost all of them. I would say 98% of them. If you go to a stadium show anywhere, are using tracks. Even the ones that you feel like are very raw and 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 authentic or whatever are probably using tracks. But that's a whole other conversation for another day. But in that situation and scenario, everyone that's playing instruments on stage is playing their instruments. And they do not have their instrument represented on the tracks, if that makes sense. So if I'm playing guitar, it's not like I have guitar in the tracks and I'm faking it. Sometimes you can, again, but in this scenario, we're talking about this hypothetical scenario. Everything that's in the tracks is representing something that can't in the moment be represented by the folks that are on stage, right? Most scenarios where people use click and tracks, that's what we're talking about. Most scenarios, people are not standing on stage faking that they're playing a guitar solo and you hear the guitar solo in the tracks. Most of the time, they're using tracks to fill out their sound. They're using tracks to to add uh, an extra level of polish to, to represent what happened on the CD and the record to present a, a different kind of sound. They're using extra sounds to add to what's happening on stage. Okay, So again, if you're listening to this and you're in that camp of we shouldn't use tracks. I'm hesitant towards it. I'm trying to figure it out. The first thing I want you to understand is what actually are using clicks and tracks, right? Um, it, it's not uh, people faking it on stage. It could be. It's people that are using those additional sounds to fill out what they're doing, okay? So I hope you understand that. Now, number two, should we do that or should we not? It all comes down to context. And this is a story I've told many times before. So if you've heard this before, I apologize. But one of my favorite music um, uh, concerts, music experiences I've ever been to was um, years ago with my wife uh, and I, we went to see probably my favorite jazz guitarist, uh, favorite guitarist of all time, John Pizzarelli, and went to see him and his trio perform. And it was uh, uh, upright bass, piano, and John. Uh, and I, if I remember correctly, there was no drummer. I think that's right. Yeah. Cause well, that's three people. So yeah, duh. So trio. Um, but, you know, it was an incredible experience. John's an amazing entertainer, amazing singer, amazing guitar player. The rest of the band was incredible. Um, I showed up to that concert. I loved it. I walked out. I was incredibly happy. It was well worth the money. Again, amazing musicianship, amazing musician. Now, what would have happened if I walked into there? They, it was a trio, and they said, hey, um, let's give these people their money's worth. So we're going to track some drum stuff. We're going to have some string things. We're going to have tambourine, and we're going to sync all of our lights to this. That would have been a, a, a room full of people going, what the heck is happening right now? Like we came to see a jazz trio and I'm hearing all these sounds and all these different things. Same thing for me seeing Larry Carlton when he was on his, I think it's Sapphire Blues, that blues album that he did uh, the tour and was in North Carolina, still living in North Carolina, went to go see him play. Um, and it was this amazing experience with amazing musicians playing live in the moment off of each other and, and, you know, guitar solo, keys solo, bass solo. It was just amazing, amazing experience. Well, if I'd walked into that and Larry's like, guys, do we have a show for you? Uh, check out the visuals that we've got going on here. I would have said, what the heck is happening? 
right? Like this is, this is awful. This is not what I paid money to see. But then I think of Roger Waters. Um, you think of Roger Waters, the wall, the tour that he's on. I've never seen him live, but I've seen tons of videos and, and DVDs of, of him performing live doing these classic Pink Floyd songs, doing his original songs. And the visuals are just unbelievable, right? In that moment, um, the context makes sense. But, you know, you see an airplane going over the audience and you hear an airplane. That would be really weird if you saw an airplane going over the audience and Roger said, um, there's no airplane sound because I'm a real musician and I don't play with click and tracks, right? In fact, that tour would not be possible, would not exist without uh click and tracks right it, the the sound effects happening would not exist without click and tracks so those are three different scenarios the thing that's important to understand here is uh context if i go to see a, a jazz trio they better not be playing with tracks right i don't care that there's not a drummer i i don't want to hear a drummer in that context i want to hear those musicians in that moment play respond to what's happening um maybe there's a scenario again where it's 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 a uh, a jazzy context. It's a it's a blues concert. Maybe it's even a rock concert, but it's just um, uh, you know five musicians on stage playing together in the moment. It makes sense. It sounds great. But then if I go to that situation where I want a big experience, I want a big um, you know go from just a show to a full experience. I want to be entertained. I want to be overwhelmed with the visuals, impressed with the visuals, with the lights. Um, I hope they use click and tracks there. And in fact. This is pre-pandemic, so it was a couple years ago, but my wife and I went to go see a, uh, and the kids are with us, it's here in Texas, went to go see a, a, a lineup of a couple different bands. I want to say there were three or four bands uh, on the on the ticket, and um, there were uh, three opening bands and then kind of the headliner. Well, the headliner got up, it was just kind of straight ahead rock music, but they they had um, uh, that tracks, obviously, they had visual synced, video synced, light synced. Um, and it was good. It was a great experience. Um, the, the band was good. Visuals are great. But then as I walked back through the opening acts, the very first opening act um, was good. The music was good, but they had lights. They had some visuals and things. Uh, and it was it was like super entertaining. It was good. In fact, it was a band I had heard before on the radio, but never seen live. And I never really loved the band. But then I saw them live and I thought, hey, this is this is pretty good. Then um, the second or third act, I can't remember who it was, was, again, kind of a rock band. But they came out. They clearly were not playing to click. They clearly were not using tracks and they just kind of played their instruments and they were good. Um, but it was a situation where I went, you know, I've worked with enough bands. I've been in enough bands that I imagine that conversation kind of went like, man, we want to, we want to just flow. We want to be real musicians, no clicks, no tracks. We just want to stand on stage and just like rock out and have fun. And I will say um, the experience to me as someone who was watching from the audience was uh, the band that was, you know, skill level maybe was here, but was using tracks. The overall experience was was great. The band whose skill level I think was a little higher. They were better musicians, but the type of music they were playing would have benefited from some extra pad sounds, some uh, extra percussion things, playing two clicks so that their tempo was pretty consistent because the songs in the studio were recorded uh, to click and were meant to be consistent. And then playing live uh, without click and without the tempos being consistent um, didn't make the experience any better for me in the um it, it, like sitting in the uh the audience right so it's all about context playing with clicks playing with tracks is not cheating i think we're good with that i think we understand that some scenarios it is just don't go to those shows and you're going to be good 
Two, if you should use clicker tracks, it's all about context. What, what's your goal? What are you going for? If the context makes sense, then consider using clicks and tracks. The third thing I want to say on the back of that, and we talked about this with, with clicks, again, the whole idea of uh, real musicians don't use tracks. I want to make it super clear. And again, this is like maybe being a little more obvious. I think when we say this, we understand it. But playing with a click, playing with tracks does not make you a bad musician. What makes you a bad musician is being a bad musician. And the same way, not playing with click or not playing with tracks doesn't make you a bad musician either. Uh, and let's take that a step further. A bad musician playing with click and tracks is a bad musician. A good musician playing with click and tracks is a good musician. A good musician not playing with clicks and tracks is a good musician. So I, I want to make that super, super clear to us that um, uh, using click, using tracks is not faking it. It doesn't immediately take your skill level down. Like, I think that's important to understand. And I, I have to ask for you, if you're in that second camp and you've never done it, I have to ask for your trust a little bit here that you've got to understand as someone who spent years doing that. Uh, and as someone who teaches and trains uh, musicians and bands uh, and artists uh, how to incorporate this. You just got to trust me. But if you haven't done it, you've got to trust me that um, using a click doesn't immediately make you a bad musician. The same way that amplifying your guitar and using an electric guitar and an amp doesn't make you any worse of a musician than someone who just plays an unamplified acoustic. It's, I see it the same way. I see it the same argument. It would be like an electric, an acoustic player, um, you know, crossing their arms and being at a concert where people are using electric guitars and going, those, those guys aren't real musicians. And you're like, that doesn't really make sense. It doesn't make them less of a musician by amplifying their guitar. What's well, the same thing? Using click and tracks doesn't make you less of a musician um, because you're you're uh, using a click and track. Like you're a good musician because you're a good musician. Um, here's here's where I want to start to wrap up. So it said we go about 25 minutes here. Uh, here's what I'm gonna wrap up. I'm gonna talk to the folks that are resistant to that just for a moment. And I said, I don't want to shame you. I don't want to make you feel bad. But I, I do want to share one thing with you in particular. Um, here's where I really want to encourage you. If you are resistant to using click and tracks because you're unable to play with a click, let's go back to that story I talked about at the beginning, that drummer who came in and said, well, you should follow the drummer. Real musicians don't use click. He was saying that out of insecurity because he couldn't play in time. You know, forget the click. He just couldn't play in time. So adding a click to that only highlighted his lack of ability to play in time, keep a consistent tempo. Again, you could say, well, music should have and flow. Great. It, maybe it should. It's all context, but can you play to a click and tracks? That's a skill. So here's what I want to encourage you. If you're resistant to the idea uh, and your resistance and the reason you comment on YouTube videos and say, I remember when people used to actually play their instrument is because you are lacking the ability, the skill to play with a click to play in time. Um, I would encourage you to learn that skill. I would encourage you to say, I don't prefer playing with click and tracks because it's not the type of music I enjoy. I enjoy bands that just get together and play music. Again, I would I would give you a little bit of context here. A lot of the bands you go see that you love that you're probably holding up as people that are like the real musicians, they're using click and tracks. I can almost guarantee you they're using click and tracks. Depends on context. But um, I, I want you to, to maybe stop saying, yeah, real musicians don't use tracks. Uh, as a way to deflect the fact that you don't yet have the skill to play with click and tracks. Now, do you want to have that skill? Uh, I think if you're a band that you're asking people to pay money to come hear you play, I think you should learn that skill because I think if the context makes sense, it improves the experience for the people in the audience. And 
the the act of playing music should be a selfless act and it's an act of service and it's an act of making it the best experience for the people that come in. And again, if the best experience for the people come in, the coming in to see you necessitates you playing with a click and using tracks, I would encourage you to learn that skill. But if you have no interest in that and, and your usage of music, is it something fun for you to do on the weekends, then do that. Again, my goal is not to convince you to use tracks in this episode. My goal is to hopefully help each side understand the other side a little better. It's about context. If it makes sense, if your goal is to provide the best experience for the audience, then yes, please use consider using click and tracks. Consider using click and automating your production stuff. It can make a better experience for you as well as the people listening. But Again, if you don't yet have that skill level, consider getting it, but please stop using the real musicians don't use tracks uh, excuse or statement to deflect your lack of ability and skill. Okay. I, I hope that makes sense. Um, let's talk to the folks that are using tracks as we wrap up here. My encouragement to you is really think about how you're using tracks. Think about your context. Are you in a situation where, um, let me talk to worship leaders for a minute. This, this podcast episode is not geared to worship leaders and folks doing this in church, but I want to talk to you guys for a moment. Are you in a situation where you are allowing someone to stand on stage and fake it or allowing someone to stand on stage unprepared and you're using tracks as a crutch because, um, this person doesn't know piano well enough and you say, Oh, it's fine. Just play pads and I'll put the piano stuff in the tracks. I think that's fine. If your goal for your band is to give people a place to serve and that's it. If that's your goal, then that's great. But if your um, experience for your band, your goal for your band is yes, give people a place to serve, but also give them an opportunity to grow in their musicianship. Even if you are in a church setting, you're, you're in a church context, that should be part of the equation. If you're doing anything with music, I don't think it should be, let me lower the bar so much that anyone can be involved and we'll just supplement and we'll fill in by unmuting the electric guitar parts. I've seen, I've heard multiple stories. I've yet to see this live, but I've seen multiple stories of people doing um, miraculum. And again, if you're a worship leader, you get that at Christmas time for their Christmas show. And they're just turning on the guitar part and the guitarist is, you know, faking or whatever. And please don't do that. Have enough integrity um, as a church to serve your people well, to push them, to encourage them or tell them maybe it's not time right now. There's a reason, you know, you, you let those people be on stage and fake that they're playing, but you're not going to let them get up and teach, you know, uh, if they're not a good teacher. So, so think about that. That's one particular context, but Again, let's take it out of the church thing. Let's expand it. Anyone using click and tracks on stage, look at your context and go ask the question, should I be using click and tracks? Does my con context necessitate it? You may be going, oh, we don't have a drummer. We're just a trio, but we can track the drums and it's going to be better for the audience. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's better that you just play acoustic guitar and sing as a singer songwriter. Maybe it's better that you're just a jazz trio and people enjoy that. And it's, it's nice, but maybe... Again, maybe you're in a situation where you're relying on tracks not as a not as a way to give you a fuller sound, not as a way to enhance the experience for the people listening, but maybe you're using tracks as a way to uh, work around your laziness or work around your bad musicianship. Um, um, use that as a way. Pause. Use that as a way to go. Man, I need to be a better guitar player. I need to come prepared to band rehearsal. I need to do this so that the sake of uh, me and all the other folks that I'm standing on stage with, we all have a better experience. We can stand on stage with integrity. Um, man, this is, this was a heavy episode as I'm, as I'm wrapping things up. And again, my goal is I don't want to feel like, I don't want you to feel like I'm sitting in a lofty tower, looking down at the peasants and saying, 
this is the standard in which you should live on. I hope maybe you listen to this and it gives you some freedom to go. We shouldn't be using click and tracks. It doesn't match our context. Uh, we don't have the musicianship yet to do that. Uh, we need to focus and work on musicianship before you work on using click and tracks. Maybe that's where you are as you're listening to this and that's fine. Maybe you're someone who has been resistant to it and you're kind of feeling that like tap on the shoulder that you're like, man, I'm resistant to it because I've never done it. And two, I don't have the skill yet to play to click, to play consistently in time. That's a musicianship thing. Like just practice, get that metronome, start practicing and you're going to be good to go. Um, Here's where I want to wrap up, though, is if you are looking for some resources, some ways to learn how to play with click and tracks better, head to fromstudiotostage.com slash free. And I've included the link right below this video. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, wherever it's in the show notes, um, I have a bunch of free resources there. In fact, these resources, if I were to sell them, would, would cost hundreds of dollars. And in fact, many of them are generated from products I sell that cost hundreds of dollars, uh, but they're free to you. And it's a way to say, one, thank you for listening to this episode. Thanks for watching this episode. Uh, but two, to help you go further faster, to help you figure out how to integrate click and tracks in a way to grow your skill level, your musicianship, to be able to do that. So if that's something you're interested in, head to fromstudiostage.com slash free, check out all the free resources there. You can add your name, your email there and download those instantly. Um, thanks so much for hanging out on Behind the Space Fire. I hope this episode wasn't a downer. I hope it was an encouragement to you either to evaluate using click and tracks in a different light, to stop using click and tracks, or just to understand the other viewpoint and other side a little better. Um, I hope it was beneficial. Let me know in the comments if it was. Even if you're frustrated with me and angry about something I said, let me know in the comments. I'd love to hear that as well too. And if you've enjoyed it, do me a favor, like, subscribe, leave a review, rating review on iTunes, wherever you're listening, Spotify. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week, uh, Monday, 10 a.m. Central, uh, on the next episode of Behind the Space Bar. Take care, everybody. Bye.